1: You know, this fan base is amazing, the city of Cincinnati is
2: amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere
0: else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right, he's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Bearcats!
3: 25, towards the middle of the
0: field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it, 98 yards! To the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts opportunity seized
3: as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world did you see that
4: there it is (laughs) oh nice we cracked open a little uh Westside Brewing Common Ale I don't know if anybody else has any victory drinks going on but here we are um
1: I the same account.
4: Oh. well. <laughs> as confusing as possible for everybody. Perfect.
2: Never know.
4: Comer <laughs> yeah. and humor. Confusing us all.
2: Uh, it's Newport Billy today, guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> i trying to say that um, I've
0: actually really liked how things have trended since Maui. Overall, I think the play has gotten better. Yeah. I have one major hang-up on this team that continues to be a major hang-up, but all in all, I think Vic Locken taking a massive step forward this year is something to be extremely happy about and extremely excited about. And honestly, I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg of what this guy can do. We still don't go inside to him enough. His passing can can unlock some other things for, for, for our team offensively. And and that's what I'm choosing to put my focus on is that Vic Locken is an extremely special player,
2: and it's going to keep getting better and better
4: and better. Absolutely, I mean, I I talked about this little few weeks ago, um, right towards the beginning of the season and right before um, again during uh, the shootout. But he's been really consistent this year, and he took massive, massive steps forward. Um, and we all talked about you know in the off season offseason we, we want that solid five we want that guy who's gonna you know go down there and bully maybe you know it's not on uh in in the same way that we all thought but he's just such a skilled offensive big man um and really is able to bring it and honestly like his hustle too like i mean i don't know who sweats i want to know who sweats more west miller or victor locken
2: yeah i mean <laughs> about Victor Locken as he started
0: his last free throws of the game? Undershirt isn't white enough. Like, there's something a bit off <laughs> on the white undershirt. A sweat that's kind of fading the color throughout the game. Does it it has to a be. It has to be. A white shirt every
2: single game?
4: It has to be. A double-double does not come with a clean white shirt.
2: super-sick to the rep there? Oh, I, I, I wondered that. It crossed my mind. Like, does the staff
0: have a limitation to how many times you can wear these white shirts? Is he not changing it because of how well has got?
2: <laughs> we gonna- I mean, we know we know West changes changes his, his shirt that half time.
4: Yeah, I mean, ugh. <laughs>
2: do, we, do we get what Vic, Vic in New Jersey every every half?
4: I think these guys could ring it out every I mean, half. The
2: factor, though, you know, I remember I remember being a stud on my eighth grade basketball team, right? and trying to get as sweaty as possible for the person guarding me to big you have to deal with this. Yeah. It's this not my problem.
4: It's your no <laughs> problem. If you want to guard me properly, you have to touch me. And if you want to touch this big sweaty mess, that's on you. I understand I'm it full it. well.
2: Before they give you the great shirt at basketball camp so you can show everybody how much you sweated and how hard you Oh yeah. <laughs> Is I played eighth grade basketball worse than I played high school basketball, or, or are we gonna just move past that? I mean, I tried, That's kind of where I was, you know, hoping you guys would take it. It's, it's definitely it was worse. It. I well, high school
1: well somebody's whooping.
2: Tations in this game were interesting to me. I thought in the first half we saw, obviously we saw really kind of like a coming out
0: party of sorts for Daniel Skilling's. He's been very promising all season flashes of, of really exciting play, rebounds the heck out of the ball, and then offensively, there's some work to do. But we didn't really see him in the second half. We didn't seem to see as much of uh, Josh Reed in the second half. We didn't see as much
4: of even probably Odio Obama in the second half. Yeah. What do you think of the
2: rotations in this game?
4: I mean, I think it, at this point, it's just things kind of falling into place for conference play. I mean, I think Wes kind of knows what he wants from his rotations. I mean, personally, like, I don't know. I mean, I, it's one of those things where I think it's just bound to happen. Like it's, it always shores up. You, you go from like, you know, 12, 11 men down to kind of like eight by the time you really get to conference. And then you're really just kind of saving your legs as much as you can. I and mean, that's the way I see it at least.
2: Well, I mean, you know, can't still just give you just like a burst of energy for at least one like TV period, timeout period, you know, like just a four-minute segment there. Like, you could use series or, I mean, hell, if Kalua Zipe still has his five hard fouls, giving his five hard fouls on him play. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said, though, about just the amount of minutes that Davenport is getting, and uh, we can cover that subject later. We can cover that subject now if we want to. Um, we shouldn't bury the lead. That is that is the conversation we have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start it now. I have an extremely hot take on this.
4: Go
1: ahead. Ooh.
2: <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Take is next light. known as a street computer.
1: Oh,
2: my! oh, 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 Guys on the ball for play. Guys on the ball when it's off when it's loose. And I get it. Those shots are frustrating. I'm with everybody there, screaming at the TV. What the fuck are you doing? Like that fadeaway three, I wanted to throw my beer through my TV. I did. <laughs> I do see why West plays him with the minutes he has. I think just once he makes that big play, he wants that next shot, and that's what he's got to get rid of. Ultimate heat check guy. Yeah. So here's, I think the Nick Van Axel comparison, I have to say this, is, is one of the worst. <laughs> it's
1: one
2: of the worst. <laughs> but say this. Nobody in their right mind, given the current roster concept, had for not playing an important. He is going to have on this team. My where I see the terrible shot selection
0: repetition of these mistakes, game in, game out. I trace that back to then Wes Miller in several post-game press conferences over the last two years who praising praises shot selection Jeremiah Davenport has. So the problem I have is less about what Jeremiah Davenport's doing on the court. And it's more well, are we sure he's not doing exactly what his coach wants him to do? Because all I've heard is praise. All I've heard is defense of Jeremiah Davenport from the head coach. And he continues to get the third best minutes per game on the team. So everything points to Jeremiah Davenport doing what Wes Miller wants him to do.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm hundred percent on that. I just want to say this too, is like, I mean, look, look at the way that this has gone since Wes has been here. Like that has not changed. Like his, his shooting is, the volume is identical game to game to game to game to game. It's just whether or not it's landing. And that is, I think, Wes's MO is like, you live and die by the three. We've seen it before with a lot of other teams, but I think that's just his MO now. And, you know, unfortunately, some nights it's going to be one for eight. Just if you look through, like, all of those games, though. Like, how many of those games has
2: it been more than three or four shots that have gone down? You know, I, I, again, like, I'm not going to say anything bad about the kid, but, like, um, we we can't have a one for eight from anybody,
4: you know. I'm like, with you. That's not saying I'm not singling him out. I'm just saying,
2: like a one for eight from behind the three point line, and where you usually don't win those rebounds and you have to get back. That's not helping anybody. And I I, I agree with you that like uh, you know, Hunter, that like he, he does everything else that West likes. But I mean, we gotta either get a, an extra shot, or I think the ones that everybody hates the most. Are like the ones where it's like less than five seconds have of gone off the shot clock and he's putting it up there,
1: and like there's no offense being created. And yeah, I, I, maybe that is the offense, which is another conversation.
2: But I I do feel bad for the kid. You know, I don't want any kid to get booed, especially by your home fans. Like you know, clapped when you get off the floor, That shit kind of sucks. But yeah, other, like you know, I I, I would
1: want to like say to our fan base, like let's let's just cool it on that. But he should not be booed, right? said
2: yeah. well, he should not be booed. That's I a ridiculous reaction. I mean, I have a hot take. The hot take on that is, at some point, we do have to take a look at, at the NIL situation and what's going on, and and if kid you know, if, if the rumors are true about what what certain players are getting paid this year, you're becoming borderline professional athletes. You know, if not, you know, full honest is becoming a profession. But, you know, I, I, I kind of agree, like, yeah, we don't need to, to boo him, but when you're taking a shot and it's it's literally you're getting down, it's contested, there's a hand in your face, and we haven't even made the bird pass yet. I That's the side of the game. backboard. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> it's fair game. I think it's, it's a played. fair game to be booed when and, – and because everybody's seeing what's wrong, and if, if you're not being, you know, called out. And there's the other aspect of it. It's like the crowd's calling you out, but what isn't happening is the media isn't able to be calling out players. Because Cincinnati seems to be running this game of access journalism. And that the first sign of any media personality when they call out the university for something negative. It's almost like there's a fear that, there's, that the journalists that, that do cover this are going to lose their access. So when, when you have what Miller going on the online back and forth, is someone actually sitting in a saying, and clicking on them. And what are you doing to you know like you know, right? we all see it Wes. we all see that his shot selection is terrible you can't sit up there with a straight face and tell me that you truly believe that his shot selection is great right is there anybody who's saying that and are they able to say that or if they do say it are they going to lose their their access to the locker room
4: yeah that's a it's always a touchy subject i mean as, as someone who's like been in a lot of those media rooms and those press conferences after games I think it's like I don't know you, you part of it's you want to protect yourself because you don't want to put anybody under the bus because you you can't I, at the end of the day is like as official media like you really can't go in there and start hunting down you know players game to game like you just can't it's 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 a uh, I think professionally, like you've kind of mentioned here is like professionally in in MBA, NFL, MLB, whatever it might be, you can go in there and you can ask the personal questions, but also that comes with consequences too, if you put it in a way that nobody likes it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is one of those things with like Davenport where, you know, honestly, it's I, I don't know. I mean the way that the way that I look at this holistically, this this problem of this kind of Minutes thing of the shooting. I think a lot of this changes if John Newman's in here. And this is a totally different conversation, but look at your starting lineup right now. If you have Locken, Maul, DDJ, and Nolly, and you've got Newman and Davenport in for that other slot, who do you think starting in that position realistically with the way they play on the court, with the consistency, with the effort, with the hustle? They've got the same effort. they got the same hustle. Defensively? You've got a big up with Newman, and offensively, you've got so many more tools with Newman. I really think that Davenport is not start in this starting five, and we have a different conversation if Newman's healthy right now. I think that conversation that we talked about all years, like does he ride as a sixth man? I think that is the case, but then again, it's not, also not the case because that's not the conversation we can have because Newman's not playing because he's injured. Newman
2: is very important to the team because he's basically the in terms of physical profile, athleticism. I mean, Skilling is sort of like maybe a future
0: Newman in a sense. Yeah. He's super athletic, crash at the boards, rangy, and probably will turn into a plus defender. He's got more upside offensively than Newman, obviously. But we don't have that wing defender without it. And based on what we heard in the first half of this game from the announcers, it's very clear that Wes Miller views John Newman as extremely important to this roster. Now, some of that is a way to, like, build in an excuse for the results. So when he's talking to these announcers, he wants to build up, hey, missing John Newman is is a game changer for us. We really can't replace him. I, there is actually some truth to that. But the level to which the announcers were talking about it was – it seemed a bit disproportional. I don't actually think it's like a make or break. But I do think he does mess with our ability to maybe curb some of the minutes Davenport's getting, mm-hmm. which is – which gets back to the topic of if before you do any sort of booing or before you really pile on Jeremiah Davenport, I'm guilty of being hard on the guy because I think it's earned. I think it's deserved. But at at the end of the day, I have to remind myself, all I've heard his coach do is defend him and praise the decision-making on the court. Yeah. So the root cause analysis for me is not so much the player, it's more so the coach for his inability so far to hold
2: him accountable for what he's doing on the court.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, that's spot on, too. I mean, if you look at our team shooting tonight, definitely better than Tulane, but 32% when you have one guy going one for eight, it, you land a couple more of those. Like you've, if this, th- I think the problem is this has not been a conversation that has been so consistent all of last year and now through this year. There's there's the spottiness where you get the games like the Memphis game last year, where he was what, like eight eight for nine or eight for 10 or whatever it was, or seven for eight, seven for nine. It's some crazy volume kind of shooting night um, where things are hitting, but ultimately like you just can't, you can't depend on that and you can't depend on that kind of shooting. I mean, and, and again, not to put focus on him. You also look at like DDJ in this game, like one for five, like that's your most consistent player. Granted he did a hell of a lot on all the other aspects of the court not to even mention all the fouls he was able to draw. Also, you know, there is great, but you know, yeah, it, that's I think
2: right, got nine, six, right. Both of his, you know,
4: his his two
2: point shots and drive to the basket maybe a little more. Maybe yeah, more cuts on on your passes as opposed to sitting outside the way. You know, when you guys type them in rhythm, that's a whole other story. But there's another. There's a lot of these times where. You know, if we're cutting down on those early shot clocks, if that's what if that's what West can coach out of him, right, and take mm-hmm. three of those less a game, and maybe some of those get turned into points in the paint, right, and sure. crashing the boards off that second pass that he's if he's if he's able to make it, you know, boom, now he's adding an incredible amount of value to the court as opposed to taking it away, right, And you know, losing us three minutes of possession.
4: Well, and yeah. I want to throw this out here. Yeah, go ahead
2: actually said something like that, that where uh, you know, a lot of people were given uh, J.D. Some, 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 you know, online or just, yeah you know, are they're, they're not liking how he's playing, but uh, he pointed out that D.J. makes a lot of the same decisions that, that Davenport does. He just probably plays a little better Defense and maybe makes a little better of the pass every now and then, but right, it's five for 13 tonight. I mean, you know, it's I know it's not going to be ever like an NBA score uh, score line where you're going to have a guy shoot like 11 for 12 or anything like that, but I mean, five for 13, one for five for three point. If we're going to the dab for that, we should probably, you know,
4: give some of the blame a little bit to DDJ. You know, I, I, I just want to jump in here as devil's advocate. Not that, not that I want to be on the (laughs) train at all, but also you explained in the same way of just what you were saying. You also explained to why DDJ makes up for it in saying that he's a little bit better of a defender. He's able to draw a little bit more here. He's able to pass the ball around a little bit more is able to, you know, create more lanes Is to able make it, create his own shot and not just kind of do spot up shooting. I think those kind of things, too, like that's where I think that conversation shifts why so much focus goes on to jD and not as much to DDJ, though they have a similar volume. I think I think it's like I said, it's it's and you know we've kind of bounced this around a lot. I think the the main point here is that it it, it does come back to West too, because ultimately, if you have a guy doing this time and time and time again, and this is consistent, time and time and time again, and nothing changes you can't blame the player for taking the shots and hoping that they land you you got to go back to the coach on that and that's that's a thing where you know again thankfully we're having this conversation because we won <laughs> because we won by by 11 points i think i think that's the thing that we've kind of missed here is that we also managed to win both halves and we've been asking and begging for that all year long but we won the first half, we won the second half, and we did both pretty convincingly. I would say the first half, I, maybe not even as much convincingly, but we we won both halves, which is not a thing that we've done much at all this year. So to be able to take care of business against a team that is pretty good, that is vying for that sort of three spot in the tier of the conference, I I don't I, I feel like I feel like that's what we should be focusing on at this point because. Bearcats scoring 88, and honestly, you know, not having a absolutely tear the cover off the ball kind of night offensively and still scoring 88, I think is fantastic. 75% from the line. Not First half, she thought
0: something that's difficult to capture in a box score. You can't really look at a box score right now and get a feel for this, but anybody who watched the game, to me – The three-point shooting in the first half versus the three-point shooting in the second half was night and day because of the types of three-point shots they were taking. It it seemed to me in the first half, we were doing a lot better job breaking down defense, working the ball into Vic. And if he wasn't scoring, he was making the hockey assist that led to a wide-open Landers Nolley in rhythm three. And then in the second half, we saw that regress to this isolation off the dribble type three-point shooting, which even when you get in Landers dolly and guys like that, like David DeJulius, Julius, like those shots are just such lower percentages. And so you saw it, you saw it regress, you saw it fall off. And I think that goes back to figuring out how this team can sustain that higher level of basketball for longer. It does seem to be growing. It does seem to be getting better than where it was early in the year. And compared to last year, I think it's going forward too, but they need to actually stretch that out for longer stretches and full games if we're going to start ripping off a, a long winning streak here. Well, what of the
2: things is the selfish ball that we saw through the first, you know, first few games leading up to the Xavier, you know, where you just have these huge offensive stalls because, you know, or hero ball is what we were calling it, you know, the lot of hero ball. And we started seeing some great basketball, like that second half of the Xavier game where kind of people were saying, maybe this is the turning point of the season. It's so all of a sudden it's like, Wow. We're moving the ball, we're making the extra pass, we're hitting, we're 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 getting open shots. We've done mm-hmm. a lot of that since then. And we played some really good basketball up and you know up until this point. And I think you're hundred percent right there. Remember in the second half, we started seeing more more of what what I would call hero ball. And and less let's find that extra pass. And towards the extra you know the final minutes of the game, when we finally pulled away again, we started seeing more of that again. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think that's what needs to be sustained is and that's maybe it's a culture thing that's still getting ingrained, right? That this is what we need to do. This is the type of ball we want to play. Yeah, but that's what needs to be sustained: is always looking for those those extra passes because this is probably, honestly, one of the best shooting teams we've had in a long time. You know? if you, if you some of our early early season games, all movement was there too, and that's when we were you know we were winning and you know putting up score points we called it what the uh,
0: the score the points offense that we loved so much. And in, in, in the first half of this game, I
2: was making note of that. Like, wow, the ball movement is great. The ball movement is great. In the second half, they came you, exactly what you said. They went back to that selfish basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that was a little bit of an adjustment from the two-lane side. I, I, I don't really know about that. Or maybe it's more of, like, us, you know, holding it and hoping for the best shot. Um I, I, I do think something, like Coomer has pointed out on previous podcasts, uh, that 20 assists on 31 baskets tonight, that's another positive sign you want to see. Um, can, can I just bring up the rest real quick? And bitch in? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there it is. Just
2: like- Likes that basketball where you're calling a foul at each end. Like I get it, there's fouls and stuff, but like it's just not a good flowing game. Especially like that, that last four minutes there, where I mean, Landers probably jumped into the dude, but like that really doesn't need to be called. We could just move on. And sw- I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're a lock and jump ball. Oh, like,
1: um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What was up with that? Uh, that uh, two
2: point with David Julius, Like, what was up with that? I don't think they ever going to get one, it. But I, that, uh, was, that was even worse. That was worse. David Julius had to uh, hit the ball and, like, shot, he shot it. it. It was a three-pointer. I don't know why they called that for two. <laughs> there was so much confusion with the, um, the clock. I think they showed in a replay later on that, uh, like, if you, like, they only showed it for a couple seconds, but I mean, his book kind of looked like it was on the line, but it's a close one. I don't know. His big toe was on the line, I think. How yeah. <laughs> about uh, being
0: allowed to get in the official's face, like, you like, know, cook?
2: Yeah. in face so many times that made no sense. That made uh, no sense. Kim just grabbing his head like that. <laughs> I don't, they, they were, were bonding. Double technical on Reed and Tulane. Like, they're just jawing back and forth. I don't even understand how that's technical when you got Tulane's leading scorer literally staring at Landers and taking the ball and jawing right at him. Like, how are you going to call a double technical there But not that? I don't understand it. The ACC officials suck. We all know that.
4: Well, just, just for those who might have. Been...
2: Joe, <laughs> he been suspended. he Seriously, yeah, this c- 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 yeah. uh, is a long time ago, like 2019. <laughs> like either way, he's been, like, been suspended for like atrocious calling him. again in an LSU Tennessee game, and after the game, he was like holding up an LSU shirt. They just <laughs> say like go LSU. I'm like dude. This is, this is why I'm so happy to get out of this conference. Cause like, this is like, not that, not that I know what the big 12 refs are going to be like, I have no idea, but I have to imagine they're going to be better. Cause this is just something that I feel like every year the refs in this conference are just sometimes just, just so bad.
4: I think we notice this a lot with like, we, we, we call it out every once in a while with football, but basketball has just consistently been so bad. Like I think everyone can I can agree on that, but this this game had fifty three total fouls, fifty
0: three. Sorry,
4: forty three. Yeah, I can't count.
0: season on March eleventh, two thousand twenty two. It's been damn near what nine months since we've seen American Athletic Conference officiating, and we're all just kind of in shock
2: as we adjust to it again. This is legitimately status quo for this conference. <laughs> Conference. Honestly, that was my point. So like, I'm so happy so, that we're meeting this conference. And I'm hoping that the Big Twelve has better crews that are that are able to do a better job. And I mean, like the one, I, I know that we talked that the Victor Lockett with the, uh, with the jump ball. But then he had another one where he jumped straight up for like a block. Didn't touch the guy. Well, yes, yeah. there was space between the bodies. Yeah, called a foul. I don't. There's no way the officiating could get worse.
1: It's been tough. Don't
3: it jinx it, man. On. <laughs> on him to not be in foul trouble because of how badly we need him on the court. Yeah. It's pretty shocking still that he only averages about 20 minutes a game on the season. I think
0: it's starting to tick up a little bit, but he's doing, you can see a legitimate effort from him to avoid fouls that he was picking up early in the season. You don't see him picking up ticky-tack fouls on the perimeter as much anymore, but he's still getting dinged for absurd calls in the post, at least one to two a game, and they make a huge difference in how our team's performing on the court because we are obviously much, much better when he's playing
2: basketball versus sitting on the pine.
1: Well, and you know, it's... the same, you, same thing
2: for the way he does play that, especially with the with four fouls at the end. Like, he knows how to walk the line he is, You're right, he is getting...
4: Yeah, this this is a huge thing, too. I think when you kind of mentioned that he's only around 20 minutes per game, that's partially, too, because he just does pick up those fouls. I think if he was able to just not get so targeted as a player, he would end up being closer to 28, 20, you know, seven minutes in a game. But you just yeah. you have to keep him off to reserve him for the end of the game. I think it was one foul where he went straight up even touched
2: the dude and got called for it he like ran out the half court just like so upset that he got a foul and I mean I think <laughs> it weighs on him you know that he's he's obviously expected to do a lot and he can't do anything about getting a tiki-tack bullshit call on him but All I right. mean dude, he, I think he might be our most important player right now I mean I, I definitely love like you know David and Julius Mike Adams was good tonight but I think Victor having a strong post presence like I mean we've, we've seen with OD he's He's good, but he, there's a reason why Vic is starting over him right now. I think Vic is our probably our most important player. And, Justin, you uh, called it out on our, like, preseason show that, like, he's going to be one of our most important guys just because of the lack of talent we have. And then if Kalu's not going to play and if Odie's not going to start, then we need Vic for, you know, 30, probably
1: 25 to 30 right Yes. And now, for Nick Bowers. Dick Bay, ten and seven
2: game. <laughs> <laughs> Four one out for, for Dick Bower being being blocked by Sean Philpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> but that came out of nowhere. I'm like, wow, wow! I didn't put you on the spot there.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's been long overdue. <laughs> I mean if we're having that conversation
2: I've always thought there should be you should have. You should still be able to put jerseys in the rafters without the numbers being retired oh right? yeah you should, able, you should be able to have yes. a, that homage to the, to the great legends that, that is, this program what it is and still reserve like you know the wall for retired jerseys for being like national player of the year or whatever if that's what they want to do but there's no reason why Steve Logan shouldn't be up there Sean Philpatrick shouldn't be up there yeah. You know, even in in my personal view, I think Deontay Vaughn even deserved a spot up there for, for, you know, basically holding the program together and being basically the only good player that wanted wanted to lead when everything was going to hell in a handbasket in that transition from Huggins to to Huggins, Kennedy to Cronin. I mean, we should have a rafters full of this legend. And I, I love how, and I think they still do it, I haven't been. I live in New York now, so I don't I don't get to sit there as much as I'd like. But the old the old arena, you know how we had the post where we had Dan and out there. Yeah, uh, Nick Van Axel, like that's awesome. We need more of that all over the place. Yeah, you know, let let this be a temple to UC basketball. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Van Axel and uh, Dav- and Davenport together up there. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Hunter. <laughs> so we put an asterisk next to the number oh my god all right i'm 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 calling this out right now we <laughs> <laughs> We need we need to do an off season pod of just all the names that like just throwing out there because I feel like just mentioning some names around this program, just like whoa, 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 who I forgot about that guy existing. I forgot about this or forgot about that. There's so many players that have gone through this program.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, well, I do like that combo. Flows <laughs> in and out of games a little bit, leaves you wanting
0: more. Can light it up, can, can do a lot of things on the court, but you're just like, eh. Like, are you, are you doing everything you actually can, game in, game out?
1: I mean, it's fair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you see, you see, in my while opinion, we're bringing up players' names, uh, well, a name I haven't heard any of us talk about tonight yet is Daniel Skillings. And I just want to say, like, how bring it back to the president. Way to bring us back to the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm sorry.
0: My opinion, and then it just stopped. But I'm sorry. Yeah. We can keep yeah. talking
2: about Antoine Peek and all the... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Park yet. I
2: was just watching Gary Clark and right? Like, <laughs> I was just watching Gary Clark on the random college athletes and loved all the UC fans getting out there and hammering them. Like, dude, he's not a random college athlete. <laughs> <laughs> what was like he? the problem. If, yeah, this this is this is not random. All right, guys. I, I once called in the seven hundred WLW after and I tried to say that Gary Clark was just as good as Kate Martin and I got laughed off the radio. <laughs> <All> right, <guys.
1: laughs> For tonight. <laughs> and Mark, well,
3: like, and Martin, like if he didn't get injured, we could've like
1: had that one
4: injury, that important in <laughs> you know i think i think they're on the same projection as uh oscar all right <laughs> all right all right this one's this one's starting to unravel a little bit all in all we've we've <laughs> we've i wanted to keep this around 40 minutes we're we're we're
2: players whose whose names end in a junior
4: that were great. Oh god. Trayvon
2: Scott. Oh my god, Fray Scott. I love Cray Scott. He's my all time Cumberland. Javen Cumberland. You can't mention Fred Scott and Cumberland's presence and hope to get the podcast back on track. All right
4: well this this is this is is, this is never happened we've gotten off the rails we've gotten off the rails i'm i'm pulling us on the rails to to send us out here i think we've had i think we've covered pretty much everything we can for tulane uh in this game tonight uh ultimately the bearcats come out again with a win an 11 point win 88 77 um high points from landers nolly and of course uh Davenport, but really going forward for the season, um, I think that we should be in good shape. This is the first time the Bearcats were able to get a um, three-win streak past that mark of three wins. So thankfully, they've got four straight. Hopefully, that's the case. Haven't had too many offensive laws in this game, more so in the past. Um, I think we've kind of got things in the right direction. And so hopefully, that'll be the case. With all that said, thank you guys for checking in this week um hopefully we'll have another one here soon it's been a blast talking to all of you and getting all your uh, great takes and um maybe not so great takes but again thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah all of them but one but again thank you guys for tuning in and uh we'll try to catch you on here uh next week and make sure if you aren't already listening to listen to Cincy Slang and viva the cats
1: sports social podcast network